Hi everyone, this is Randall Rathbun. I was raised religious, upbringing very religious, and I even attended church very faithfully. But unfortunately, I also was living a double life, doing things that I shouldn't be doing. So I was living this double life, and it all came to a head on the evening of August 30th, 2002, when I crashed my car, and then I found out the real story. As my car hit the first freeway stanchion, I was instantly pulled out of my body. I woke up above my car and I was handcuffed. The chains really hurt. I had my arms handcuffed behind my back and my ankles were chained up. Both of those chains were chained together, so I was in a very uncomfortable position. Voice was screaming at the top of his lungs, he's mine, he's mine, he's mine. And I'm taking him to the lake of fire. I was kind of terrified because I couldn't break the chains, but down we went suddenly, like stepping into an elevator shaft, except the elevator wasn't there. And I screamed out, I was becoming totally petrified by fear. I said, what is happening? Why is this happening? And there were three scriptures that appeared instantly and they spoke. One of them said, the wages of sin is death. And another one said, be not deceived. God is not mocked whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. And the third one said, verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever serving sin is a slave of sin. And at that point, I knew that my fate was kind of sealed because I couldn't break the chains. And down we went and that voice was still screaming, he's mine, he's mine. It's an awful feeling when somebody has control of you and you can't break free. We began to enter hell. I don't want to belabor everything about it, but it is absolutely horrific. It's beyond our capacity to adequately describe, but nevertheless, a very, very real place. And I heard the people screaming in that lake, and it's a sound you don't want to hear, and it just shattered me. It really broke my heart. I was deeply, deeply troubled, and also I felt that I was soon to be one of those hapless people in that lake too, chained up for all eternity. Just before I hit the lake, I heard it sounded like gunshots going off, was actually the chains being broken off me. And less than a second later, I woke up above the earth in a very quiet, restful place. And I was incredibly thankful and also incredibly aware that I had just escaped being trapped in hell for all eternity. I didn't know what happened. I was wondering and it seemed like five minutes or so had passed and then a voice spoke and it was a voice with the most incredible authority and I picked up on who that really was and was God the Father talking to me and he said my son we have an important decision to make and I'm going to give you all the time in the world to make it. I knew that he was letting me decide to come back to earth or not also, he said something that caused me to cry. I had not been able to win the approval of my father for 51 years. Could not get my dad to say, I believe in you, I trust you. But God the Father spoke and he said to me, I trust you. 
That's quite a statement to hear from an authority figure, especially in this case, one whose authority I flaunted and disregarded. Now he was there talking to me. I tried to argue with God and say, why are you even talking to me? You know, I broke your word. I did things that I shouldn't have been doing. Even ordinary people recognize they're wrong. Why? And he said, I know all that, but I put your sins on my son. That obviously is the Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. And at that point, I realized it's not a good thing to try to argue with God. So I stopped arguing and he said, I'm going to give you an overlay or taste of heaven. And I was quite surprised that he would do that. I said, okay. And then instantly I experienced seven different areas of heaven. I need to say that heaven is dramatically different than hell. Heaven, things are in order. They are full of light. The atmosphere is very enjoyable. There is a soft music that permeates everything. There is life in heaven, unbelievably so. There's no death in heaven, no dry brown leaves or dust blowing around. So all of a sudden, I was looking at a big white building that looked like a university. And I asked the father, whose university is that? And he said, that is your university. I was stunned. What do you mean my university? And he said, aren't you good in mathematics? And I said, yes, but this seems so worldly. And he corrected me and he said, Randall, all knowledge comes from me. At that point, I realized he, what he said was true, that that was true. And I also realized that knowledge extends beyond our lifetime here on earth. So he said, here in heaven, you can continue your studies and teach others if you wish. I was so stunned that God would even do something like that for me. But I also realized that God knows how he's designed us and he knows what talents and skills we have. And he has arranged heaven in such a way that our skills and talents and our knowledge are utilized, made fruitful to help others and continually growing. The next stop was in an apricot orchard. I was in front of an incredibly awesome apricot tree, both blooming and with full ripe apricots on it. And God encouraged me to take a bite off of one of the apricots. So I reached for, plucked the apricot off the tree, but was stunned to see a brand new flower appear right where I had picked the apricot. And it was blooming and busy in the process of making a brand new apricot. And God chuckled and he said, how do you like my trees up here, Randall? I didn't know what to say other than life is truly remarkable. I also realized that things on earth are a copy of the heavenly things. Next stop in heaven was a furniture factory, if I can call it that way, an area or large shop where people were working with carpentry. I saw a person working on a bookcase and then the father spoke to me and said, you can be a carpenter up here if you wish. After all, my son is a carpenter too. None of our skills and talents is forgotten. None of it wastes away in heaven. We actually have what we have for eternity. God has made heaven for us. We're not made for heaven, but actually the other way around. 
After that, I was taken to a speaking center where people can talk oratorical speech to an audience. And I saw a man talking to about 100 to 200 people or so. But here's what was very interesting. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I saw that while he was talking, he was picking up on feedback from his audience. And this feedback was helping him to speak more effectively and to more perfectly match what he was saying to his audience, a very superior way of communication. And God the Father commented on that to me and said, how do you like our communication up here? And I could see in heaven, it was vastly superior to what we have down on earth, even with the electronic accessories that we have today. And no way comes close to how heaven actually functions. After that stop in the speaking center, I do remember being in a playground area with lots of grass and kids were playing around and I got a chance to play with the children. I think that was redemptive or remunerative therapy for me. I had not really been given a chance to play too much in growing up and yet kids need that. And so there are areas that we have inside that maybe lacked in childhood, but God is more than willing to make those areas up to make us a truly normal, heavenly person. After that playground opportunity, I then was taken before the throne of God, and I was allowed to see the throne itself was absolutely huge, and the rainbow that surrounds the throne, absolutely most amazing rainbow that you can imagine. Uh, it was both living color, it was glowing fire. It's kind of hard to describe, it was like several things all going on at the same time. But I heard this most incredible singing, this worship singing, which was so pure, so otherworldly that it would instantly melt you down. You would start weeping and I recognized that it was coming from the seraphim and I looked into the violet part of the rainbow right next to the throne and sure enough here were the seraphim singing multiple harmony worship to God and they were drifting in a circular fashion and they actually were going through each other as they were drifting back and forth in a circular motion along the rainbow arc and then God asked me if I wanted to join them in singing worship to him and of course I said yes and instantly I was singing with the seraphim. I have not forgotten this. This is one of the highest honors that heaven can bestow to a created being to worship God in purity and truth, worship God in holiness. The rainbow part was very hot, I have to say that, and I believe it was the fire of holiness that was burning through there, emanating from the throne. But it was not a deadly fire, it was a purifying, cleansing fire. So I was there, and then God pulled me back down and asked me if I'd made up my mind 
And I said, well, I still need help. Will you help me? And he said, gladly, my son. And the next moment, I had my whole life flashed before me on a tapestry, like an Excel spreadsheet. I knew it was my life, and I was looking at each day, and the tapestry was absolutely beautiful. I asked the Lord, what is that? He said that those are rewards in heaven that are reserved for you when you come to heaven. And I said, why is the first part grayed out? And he said, you were not born again. And that does not count until you are born again. Nothing that you do counts towards heaven. So I must urge if you're listening, please, please become born again. We cannot even enter the kingdom of God without being born again. At that point, December 29, 1969, I was born again. I saw that in the tapestry and I went forward to the automobile accident. And there were black holes in the tapestry and that bothered me. And he said, Randall, those are areas where you were doing your own will. And that does not count for heaven. And I felt my selfishness, if I can say it that way, but unfortunately it was not in love, it was selfishness. And I looked to the right side of the automobile accident and saw the tapestry was much brighter, more filled in, didn't have as many black areas. And then I realized there must be something. And I asked him, why is that area brighter? And he said, you have decided to obey me more fully. This is exactly the way he said it. And I realized that if we want a full tapestry, we need to work on one and one thing only, and that is keeping God's will. That really counts for eternity. Heaven is a gift that we have through the merits solely of the Lord Jesus Christ, our becoming born again and our accepting salvation through Him. He is the door that opens up our relationship with God the Father. At that point, he said, have you made up your mind? And I stopped and I said, there's something that's bothering me here. You've shown me the very best of heaven and you've been very loving to me, but isn't heaven supposed to be running on love? And it's not about me. It's not about me getting the best of heaven, but I should be loving everybody in heaven. Most of all, be loving you. How can I love you? What would make you most happy? That's what I literally asked God. And he didn't even speak to me, put it in my heart, exactly what would make him the happiest. And that, of course, was to come back to earth and to talk about heaven and hell, talk about the Heavenly Father, talk about salvation won for us through the merits and shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why I'm here. The Father showed me what would happen to my body during the accident. It was horrific. It took me eight months to recover from that automobile accident. I had broken bones, concussions, uh, almost broke my back in half. But God asked me, this will happen to you if you go back. And I said, if I can hold your hand, we can get through anything. And the father smiled very much 
and he said, go back, my son. And instantly I was back in the car, finishing the rest of the accident. If a person asked me, Randall, why, why do you think God allowed all this to happen? I would say there were several things here. Number one, I didn't really know what a real good father was like. My earthly father was negligent. In fact, when he came home, my mother insisted that he had to discipline me right away. Furthermore, I had bad images of a father from the religious teaching that I got. I was in a sect for about five years. God the Father took the time to personally correct those misunderstandings. It was so important to him that I properly understand who he really was, that he personally rescued me from hell himself. Number two, hell is a very real place and people can slip into hell without even knowing it. I had deceived myself. I was living a double life and yet excusing it by saying, Jesus Christ will forgive my sins. I rightfully deserved hell that my actions were such that would put me in hell. So it is God's grace that actually broke off those chains and rescued me from that awful, awful place. This is a story that even Jesus Christ himself came to share. He came to talk about heaven and hell. He came to talk about the kingdom of God, and he came to give us a second chance to get reconnected back with God the Father. Let me finally say this. All of us are journeying toward heaven or hell. This physical lifetime lasts for about 70 years or so, but then what? If you haven't taken the time to think carefully about where you're going to be in the future, I urge you to take some time aside and get with God and begin to ask him the important questions. Where am I going to end up? How do I get to hell? What takes me to hell? Can I be deceived? Are there spiritual forces that are against me, trying to lead me to hell? What is all this about the gospel? Why is the story of Jesus Christ so important? I urge you to please consider this because once you're chained up and being taken to hell, it's too late anymore to ask those questions. So this is my testimony today and I'm sharing because I want all of you to be born again. I want you to come to the Lord Jesus Christ it's the doorway to heaven. But most of all, I want you to get reconnected back to God the Father. Jesus Christ literally gave his life for two things, to pay in full our sin punishment, but more to get us reconnected back with God the Father. That's how important this whole thing is. That's what I have to say. Thank you for listening to my testimony. I appreciate your time. Thank you.